welcome back to the My Living Life Legacy Matters Broadcasting Network, powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative. We're uh, very excited to uh, hear uh, a continuance from a previous episode where we had uh, Brother Daniel Baxter, you know, a uh, prominent uh, professional in the uh, public servant arena as it relates to assuring that you can actually vote and that things can actually be uh, uh if you would retrofit it for this pandemic and has done just a notable job in that particular um, modality, if you would. But further to that, he shared a story with us uh, last time and I just wanna uh, really get him uh, in front of you again and to, for you to understand that this is real, <laughs> this is real black history. I mean, this is so exciting. I, I can't wait for my son, OJ, Eduardo, Sophia, Prentice, uh, to actually, you know, hear that I'm actually here live in the studio in Detroit, uh, listening to history uh, and hearing it from someone that had a, an account that was passed on by a sage, a storyteller, a keeper of history in the African-American community. So ladies and gentlemen, back to Brother Daniel Baxter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Okay. We're excited to hear the rest of the story. You want to pick it up and well, give us a quick overview of what you told us the first time and then jump right into the um, exciting part. Yep. So basically, was sharing with you about Dr. Ocean Sweet moving into a all-white neighborhood on the southeast side uh, and being confronted by a mob of 500 angry whites. We closed out with Dr. Sweet being arrested uh, by the Detroit Police Department and charged with first-degree murder. So they're charged with murder. Uh, Dr. Sweet, his wife Gladys, his brother, uh, Otis, and Henry, and seven of their friends. They're taken to jail here in Detroit. The local branch of the NAACP discovers this issue and decides to defend Dr. Sweet by hiring a battery of black attorneys. The problem with that is, is that the national branch learns about it. James Weldon Johnson, you know, the brother who yes. made Lift Every Voice and Sing. Yes. He was the executive director of the NAACP at the time. And this was an opportunity for them to deal with the housing discrimination that was going on all over the country concerning black folk. So they come to Detroit. He sends Walter White, who is the field director. He comes to Detroit, finds out what happened, and then meets with the director of the Detroit branch, who is uh, Reverend uh, Robert Bradby. Okay. So he tells Bradby, say, listen, if you put... Uh, a battery of black attorneys before an all-white jury in 1925, you're dead before you even open your mouth. So they do a national search, and they come across a gentleman by the name of Clarence Darrow. Darrow is the same man who dealt with the Scopes monkey trial that dealt with the theory of evolution. Uh, he comes to Detroit, and he bases his entire case on a man's home is his castle, whether they're black or whether they're white. The presiding judge is Frank Murphy. Frank Murphy from the courthouse. Frank Murphy from the courthouse. Remember, he, he went from a judge uh, in Detroit all the way to Supreme Court justice uh, before his professional career was over with. So Frank Murphy tries the case. Clarence Darrow uh, brings up witnesses, as well as the prosecution brings up witnesses. But the case turns when they bring Dr. Sweet up. And they ask him the question, Dr. Sweet, what were you thinking when you saw the mob? And he said this, when I opened the door and I saw the mob, 
I realized that I was facing the same mob that had hounded my people throughout its entire history. In my mind, I was pretty confident of what I was up against. I had my back against the wall and I was filled with a peculiar fear, the fear of one who knows the history of my race. I know what mobs had done to my people before. With that, he gives a dissertation of all of the mobs and all of the terror that black people had experienced uh, on Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, also in Rosewood, in Rosewood, Florida, yes. and with the Red Summer back in 1919 in Washington, D.C., when he witnessed a mob of angry whites pull a black man off a trolley car and beat him half to death. But the story that he told that convicted everybody was the story when he was a little five-year-old boy in Bartow, Florida. He was coming home one night, and he saw a mob of whites lynch a 16-year-old African-American boy by the name of Fred Rochelle. They had charged him with raping a white woman. And he said that when he saw that, he witnessed that mob tie him to a tree, put wood beneath his feet, and pour kerosene on him and burn him to death. And he described the screams and all the noises. And then after the body, the fire went off on the body, he described how all of the mob members cut off parts of Rochelle's body to take it home as a souvenir. In that dissertation, it was an opportunity for that all-white mob, all-white jury, to have an opportunity to look out of that window, not through their own eyes, but through the fear, the peculiar fear, that Dr. Sweet had described in his statement. And with that, when the prosecution and the defense rested and they placed it in the hand of the jury, the jury came back with no decision, meaning that they could not make a determination of whether or not he was innocent or guilty. And as a consequence, uh, Judge Murphy threw that case out uh, and declared it a mistrial. Wow. Yeah, so that's the house I grew up in. Well. Isn't that amazing? That is no, <laughs> you know, it's one of the blessings and the, and the just uh, benefits I have to be the executive of the chair for the Faith-Based Cause Initiative. Um, Brother Daniel Baxter, uh, I, I want to thank you on behalf of the Faith-Based Cause Initiative. I want uh, all the listeners to know that we're going to post um, the stories that uh, Brother Baxter was so kind to share with us in our newsroom on myfbic.com. Uh, we're looking forward to his book that uh, if it's not written, we want to make sure he gets one written for us because we, <laughs> we definitely want to read it. And yeah. more importantly, we want our children to read it, not to be bitter, but to understand what has happened uh, that perhaps has been oppressed in terms of history to allow us all to be better human beings. You know, we live in a time right now where, you know, I got uh, just a, a lot of just uh, real cool and, and just real caring and beautiful, you know, European brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, you can imagine how they feel cheated as well, because yeah. when they hear stories like this, they're asking, why didn't I know about this? Mm -hmm. All I knew was there was a freight Frank Murphy Courthouse, mm -hmm. which, mm -hmm. by the way, my brother did the construction, uh, Odell Jones, Jones right. Building Company, right. uh, thanks to uh, 
Mayor Mike Duggan. Uh, we really had a chance to look into his history because in my family, my mother, being an English prof, Peggy Jones, always uh, asked us to uh, not just look up every word, but look up every story, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of those stories they're making movies out of, but yes. not enough of them. Yes. You know, my beloved Hebrew brothers do a good job of reinventing and re, uh, uh, you know, enacting the just a tremendous harass just uh, horror of the holocaust and yes. it's my dream That's and my great. vision that brothers like you mm. would be able to tell the stories like yes. you've told me from an oratorial perspective today mm -hmm. and a visual media perspective do you think we're moving closer to that because i just heard they were going to be doing a story on billy holiday which you remember yes. most people thought yes. that billy holiday was this uh this real bad uh, drug addict that could never shake oh. drugs they never knew that how could you be a good drug addict and someone continue to find drugs on you everywhere you turn? Yeah. There has to be yeah. something suspicious right. about that. Right. And so right. do you right. think more and more stories will be told, Brother Baxter? Absolutely. Um, I think that what we're seeing is that uh, history is trending. Um, Nat Turner, yes. Birth of a Nation, we saw that movie. Uh, we saw the movie uh, about Grandma Moses. Yes. Um, and now we're getting an opportunity to look at Billie Holiday, who is, you know, one of my sheroes. Yes. I read her autobiography. She, she was a magnificent and amazing woman. Um, I, I love that they're placing a focus on one of her uh, most controversial songs, which was Strange Fruit. Yes. Uh, which is a articulation of the lynchings that black people had to experience, uh, particularly back at the turn of the 20th century all the way up to the 1960s. So it is great uh, that we're having an opportunity to witness this. In fact, uh, with the story that I just shared with you, I had a Hollywood producer reach out to me last summer uh, to talk about actually uh, developing uh, that particular movie. And you know, I just wanna say this, uh, there's an African, um, a parable that says, until the lion learns how to write, the tale of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. Meaning that uh, if we don't tell our own stories, other people will, and they'll have other agendas other than providing the simple truth of what we've encountered as a people. So it's so critical that uh, we're in this particular season and we take full advantage of it. Brother Daniel, what a treasure uh, you are to the community. I, and I want you to understand that uh, I just wish we uh, all could come together with the type of love to tell the story and also to just thank the brother or the sister that has the courage to bring the story further and further mm -hmm. and make sure you pick the phone up so that Hollywood can do the story like you were pushed out to the newspaper yeah, <laughs> and yeah. to the realtor you know right, that right, came right, into right, the house right. uh, yes the message uh, was very well received so on behalf of the faith-based cause initiative again this is Carville Jones executive director to the chair of the faith-based cause initiative thank you so much and we'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode